Okay, well, welcome uh, to another episode of Forever Bristol City podcast, written the morning after the night before. And what a great night it was at Ashton Gate because the final score gave City their first win of the season. It was City 2, Luton Town 0. Leighton Leighton Jones? Nathan Jones is Luton Town. What a horrible little man he is. Um, Joining me is uh, my regular Ian Gaymarks, got work commitments. Uh, Ian, what wasn't there to like about last night? Nothing much, really, was it? It was um, what impressed me the most is probably the the best way of going at it is um, it was a 95 minute performance. So we didn't fade. And the reason for that was the energy in the team. And if you're going to play high intensity, front foot, high energy football, which is what Nigel Pearson said he wants us to play, you need the players who can do that. And we had two up front in Conway and Wales um, who've done well against Coventry. And I think they deserve their chance to start. And Chris Martin deserved his rest. Um, and we had Scott and Masengo in midfield. Now, Masengo probably had a sore throat on, um, uh, on Saturday. Not tonsillitis would be my guess because he's come back quickly and he looked in good form and full of energy. So with him in Scott with the legs in midfield, you also had Vyman in behind and the two strikers. We pressed and yeah. we got on top and we retained the ball. And the difference for me was the two goals both came from through balls. One was a brilliant pass from Scott um, with Naki Wells making a diagonal run onto a straight ball. And the other one was... Uh, from Masengo with the outside of his left foot. And I didn't honestly know he could do that. He should get an assist for that. He put Wyman away. Great run. Cross, tap in for Tommy Conway, but you've got to be there. So if you play players with that kind of energy, Sykes is another good example of that. So's so's Jada Silva. Then you've you've got a fighting chance. And, And the big difference for me was we didn't fade and that was because we had that energy in central midfield. Yeah, yeah. No, and young youngsters in the middle there. I mean, the team lineup, no uh, real surprises. Uh, well, no real surprises. Atkinson was a doubt, but uh, he came back in. And as you say, a rest for Chris Martin. I mean, it gives uh, the manager, one would hope, a difficult um, selection problem for uh, Saturday. In fact, I don't think it should present a difficult selection problem. I know what my starting eleven would be, uh, and we'll talk about that uh, later on. But Ian, as you said, the perfect start. Um, JDS, Scott, Tanaki Wells. Um, you know, do you think a little performance like that from Wells might tempt somebody to come in with a bid? for him as the deadline approaches because, you know, he, he can do it, can't he? And he, I thought he had a great game last night, to be fair, Naki. Well, one of the the issue with, with Naki is what he earns. So Preston were interested, but only if he was free. And City said, not on your Nelly, we want a fee, at which point they went out and signed two other players. I think one, at least one on loan. So um, Pearson confirmed last night there'd been no bids for any players at all. I expect us to get what I called earlier in another podcast, Mickey Mouse bids. So last week of the transfer window, um, half a million, a million from Masengo. Um, you might get offered 
10 or 12 for Vyman or Semenyo. But I, I can't see big bids coming in, although the papers are full of talk about um, oh, Crystal Palace are the favourites and Everton are this and it, no bids. No. So and, and it's all clickbait star headlines like circling, eyeing, lined up, targeting. There's no nothing in there that says offer or bid. And it, until it does, um, we just I just need to take all of it. Um, mo- most of it, I, I think, has got a grain of truth to it. Um, but in, until an offer comes in, you don't know what the club are going to do. You don't. No, you don't. They're going to react. And no, you don't. For example, when I, yeah. as you know, I, I sent you a selected uh, team formation to play against um, Luton, and I had Wells up front in that with with Weinman in behind. But I played an extra midfielder because I didn't think Hanno Masengo or Rob Atkinson would be fit because Rob Atkinson went off limping. And had a knee injury um, up at uh, Wigan, and and Han they said he had tonsillitis, which normally knocks you out for at least a week, even if you're a young fit. Yeah, player. no, that's the true. Idea was uh, so at that point with those players out, um, I would obviously draft it in closer, and I was going to play Sykes um, in a in a midfield role, but with Andy King holding because those were the only players we had left. So that's why you ended up with that lineup. I mean, two nil yeah, up. Exactly after. right. 2-0 up after half an hour, uh, and we've been in front in every game, round about the half-hour stage, or we've been in front in every game. No, we haven't. Some of them we weren't, were we? Um, no, but we were expecting that, that fade, but it didn't happen. I mean, I tweeted at half-time, that's possibly the best opening 45 minutes of football since Nigel's been in charge. We've seen at Ashton Gate, because you said it was that high-tempo, pressing game and you know Conway and Wells aren't Jamie Vardy and whoever used to run alongside him at Leicester but mm. you know would you agree with that is that overpraising it best 45 since he's been here um it, it's difficult to say because you'd have to go back through all of the games and I can remember some games where we've gone ahead when we played Millwall at home for example um obviously we were really good against Hull last year but in effect that was a bit of a dead rubber mm. but yeah I, I thought all the team can do is play well but they play with a plan and it's no coincidence that both goals came from through balls yeah and when you've got that kind of pace up front and this is something else that you know Semenyo will add to that when he comes back with his pace and his power you know and you imagine being up against I don't know him in Conway with, and I think Tommy Conway, for a young lad, I think his movement's very good as well. Yeah. And that's absolutely key because, it, you know, whereas Chris Martin, it's, we tried the same when we tried to play high-pressing football and Fan was in the side. It's just not his game. No. And I think Chris Martin could be a really good um, impact player or finisher. The, the, the sort of stuff I've been talking about on the pod, that with five subs, you, you, you're going to need. And it's I, I know the weather's cool yeah. down, but you'll still need them. So you can say to players like uh, Scott, Masengo, Sykes, even right, okay, you go, you knock yourself out for 65 minutes, 65, 70 minutes, get us in the league, get us two or three up, and then we can make changes <laughs> to fresh players. I mean, for example, I would expect 
um, Kane Wilson to replace Mark Sykes, because I'm assuming from what Nigel Pearson said, we won't appeal the sending off that I thought was harsh. I thought it was harsh in the sense that you either gave them both yellows or uh, or gave them both reds. Yeah, I mean, I was come come back to Sykes uh, sending off. Well, talk about it now because I was closer to the action. Um, I know you 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 were watching on the red button yesterday. I was closer to the action than you would be, even if you're in your normal seat in the Dolman stand. And I said to the bloke sat next to me, I said. I thought I thought Freeman should have gone anyway because that was violent conduct pushing the player over. Yeah. But I said I think Sykes is going to go here because it was almost a scissors movement yeah. around the guy's leg. So I expected that to happen. And interestingly, you say that he didn't. I think he tried. Well, you know, because he altered the size significantly. We'll talk about the substitutions in a minute. But he had two right wing backs on. He had two right wing backs on the uh, on the bench. And you didn't bring either of them on to fill what is their specialist position. And a couple of people on the forum have been saying, oh, they might feel a bit pissed off about that because, you know, they were obvious players to bring in. And taking on board what you said about um, Chris Martin, I agree with that. But I felt that yesterday, right, when you're down to 10 men and you want a a forward that is going to run and put pressure on the people up front rather than you know you can then cross his and he becomes a target man I thought we lost he was the wrong player to bring on when we were down to 10 men yeah if if we had a full 11 I agree with what you say but he he, he no way could he close down their players in the same way that either Conway or Wells could have done had they still stayed on yeah, am I being harsh there? That's not a go, well, Chris I think Martin, was, because I'm agreeing with you. But I'm saying last night, you know, it didn't serve that purpose. Well, he he was the only forward on the bench, wasn't he? Um, and and uh, Nigel brought uh, Kingy on as well to help see the game out. Now that is a game that last season or the season before we would have drawn that from two 0 up. But we actually we we defended we defended well and we defended like dervishes. I mean, I think that it was the best game I've seen Rob Atkinson have. Yeah. Once again, him and Jay De Silva over ninety minutes, and Jay was a lot better going forward. He was, wasn't he? I mean, he did a couple of really good little runs, didn't he? When he got yeah. into the box, I and thought that's what he should be doing week in week out. Look, over the years. We've had some blokes at Ashton Gate who, God bless them, couldn't kick it in the right direction. All right? I don't expect them to um, pee wonders and poo miracles. Right? <laughs> I, I don't expect them to do it because they haven't got it in the locker, if you want to use a, a cliche. Mm. People like Jay De Silva have got the talent to go past people. Right? Yeah. His first touch is normally very good. And... He, he can go past people. Rob Atkinson can bring the ball forward. Rob, Rob's, and that was a penalty when, when he was brought down last night. I, mm. I was on Robin's TV. And, because uh, I'm, I'm not back until tomorrow. Um, I, I, I think that was a, a Stonewall pen. And that's, a, that's another one we're going to get a letter from. Um, coming back to what Pearson said. Well, we talk about we talk about Nigel's. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's later. another one. We're going to yeah. get a letter about saying we're very sorry. Now, um, 
fine words, butter, no parsnips, as uh, uh, my uh, my grandfather used to say. So, it, yeah, it's all very well saying sorry, but these guys are quality. I can't. Let's talk about that at the end, yeah. and let's continue talking about some of the players because you were talking about Atkinson having one of his best games. Again, yeah. I put on Twitter last night, shout out for Zach Viner because he's had his critics. Yeah. And if you yeah. take the mistake out of his game that you say he's always he's always got a mistake in him, you take <laughs> that mistake out of him. I thought he had a decent game last night. Do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought that if you went through the side. I don't think there were too many people in there, but you couldn't give eight out of ten. Yeah, and and you know that that it was a team performance, and but but that team, you've got to have the right style of play. It's no good having Conway and um, Wells up front and bashing the ball forward in the air. That's not going to work. Not it's got to be through balls. It's got to be balls that let them get round the back and utilize their pace because. Most central defenders in the championship aren't very quick. Yeah, it's just a it's just a fact of life. You know, you very rarely get um, championship defenders, central defenders. I'm talking about who've got red hot pace. So, if you can play the put the ball in the right areas, which we did mm. uh, for both the goals, then you're going to cause problems. But a lot of it was, uh, and I was well, I was partly surprised at the possession stats last night because I was very surprised to see Luton had more of the ball than us but I think what skewed it was after Sykes got sent off and it yeah. was a bit, little bit like one-way traffic um, but I, I, I applaud the um, the effort uh, the effort for doing it yeah what do you think of uh, Cal Naismith against his former club because we were worried about the aerial threat posed by uh the big men that Luton had up front. I mean, Corley Woodrow got dragged off at half-time. Uh, Cameron Jerome, God, how old is he these days? He came on late on. but and, and even their manager said he set the side up wrong. It was the poorest performance they've had for a very long time. But, well, uh, Adebayo was was a threat, uh, I thought. I don't think he's the best footballer this, this, this ever lived, I've got to be honest. But in the same way that, you know, you remember... Um, Back in the day, Devon White, when he played for the Rovers, always called City massive problems. Mm. He was a big old bloke. And uh, in the same way, that could have been a problem. But there's two ways you stop people like that. You put another big old bloke marking them. I mean, most of our central defenders aren't, aren't um, midgets. Mm. But what we did well last night, we stopped the ball getting to him. Yeah. So if you sit back and let people wang crosses in the box and they've got six foot four blokes running around the penalty area against six foot tall blokes sooner or later they're going to get on the end of it mm. and, uh, Bentley made a good save right at the end from the from the defense I was going to say about that he got down brilliant, very de- well brilliant defending thereafter clearing it up by Rob Atkinson yeah um, so he, he was he was a member of the wide awake club that Rob Atkinson used to talk about so he got back and and, and cleared the ball away great defending so uh I, I was very pleased. The main thing was it was a 95-minute performance. It wasn't, oh, look, look, we look great for 35 minutes, and then we go slowly but surely backwards. And there's a massive lesson in that for Nigel Pearson and a massive lesson in terms of we can play like that, but then after about 70 minutes, you're going to have to use your finishers. And that yeah. could be the likes of... 
Joe Williams, Matty James. Um, well, no, I get, do you know, I was just going to agree with you there from that perspective because it was a side that had energy. I mean, Sykes, what an inspired signing that appears to be for for nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Alex Scott, Hannah Masengo. And, you know, you took out, you took out Chris Martin, Matty James and Joe Williams, right? And mm-hmm. if you put those back in against Cardiff, all three of them, you know what sort of performance you're going to get because it's not that energy. We've been very pedestrian in most yeah, of but... our games, yeah? So it yeah. does create that um, that big uh, conundrum. Well, yeah? Sykes, to me, has been the best of the signings so far. I mean, we haven't really seen enough of Kane Wilson. I think he had a decent game uh, versus Coventry. I think he should play um, on Sunday against Cardiff. Uh, it, it, is Sykes going to get one game or three games for that? Don't know yet. Don't I, know yet. If, 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 I know um, violent conduct is three games, but it wasn't what I call violent conduct. No. He chinned the bloke, did he? Just a bad tackle. Yeah. I mean, do you think he'll try? I mean, because uh, Sykes will be up against uh, none other than Callum O'Dowder, won't he, if he's playing? Wide on the left, do you think he might go for a more defensive? No, Callum's George playing. Trent? No, Cardiff play a four-two-three-one, and Callum is on the right-hand side of the three. Right. So he's he's going to be on the right side, cutting in on his left foot, or he put in some decent crosses on Saturday with his right foot. Now I think it's up front. Um, they they brought in a lad from Tottenham that they just signed for about half a million, who's uh, a bit who's who's a bit taller. Um, but they had Watters up front. It, he was the one um, the other week against, uh, it was Birmingham they played, wasn't it? Right, yeah. And uh, he didn't look great. So if, if they go with that again, O'Dowda for me was man of the match and he created the main threat, but they've got Rinomato in midfield who we tried to sign. Um, but I, I think I, I would be, if I was... Uh, an unbiased manager who'd never seen him play before, I would have come away from that game and said, right, you've got to stop the ball going in between the left centre-back and the centre-centre-back and this guy running in behind because he caused a, a, a big threat. You're talking about Callum in the Cardiff match, which you saw on television, yes. is that right? And who did yes. they play again, just to remind anybody? I think, that... it was, I think it was Birmingham. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they've had a, they've had a decent start. Well, they're playing. They're playing. I mean, the one thing we've got slightly to our advantage because it was being used as a reason why maybe Wigan were a bit sharper than us is that they had an extra day. We've got an extra day this time round, really, haven't we? Yeah. So, you know, that sort of evens itself out in the fourth of time, doesn't it? Um, yeah. I just, uh, just, just picking up again. It's going to sound like, and I just say I agree everything with what you say about Chris Martin coming on. For the last 20 minutes, right? But last night, when you needed a bit of running round, yeah? And I hear what you say last night as well about having only one forward on the bench. But I don't think I don't think um, Wells or Conway were that knackered as individuals. Maybe Conway, as a youngster, but he shouldn't be, that you couldn't have left one of those on to do the running round and harrying yeah, and bought on the extra midfielder rather than take both of them. I, th- I think it's a Dave. I, I think it's a moot point. I mean, we were down to ten men, 
and we were hanging on a bit. The idea of bringing Chris Martin on is a physical presence in both penalty areas. Uh, so defending as well as attacking. So that was handy because you've alluded to the fact that it was a bit like Land of the Giants out there at the end, wasn't it? They had yeah, true. Four or five blokes over six foot four. And, and quite simply, we didn't. That's why he also brought on Tim Closer. Yeah. So I don't think you can judge it on that. The idea of bringing Martin off the ball went forward to him, uh, he would hold it up. But he hasn't been holding it up all well, that. Well, I don't think he did. I don't think he did at all last night. Well, it's he, not just I'm me not, saying it. You asked me what, of, yeah, yeah, but you asked me what the idea was. I mean, you know, you can bring a, a player on when you're a manager um, with the idea that he does something. And sometimes you do it, sometimes you won't. That's, that's, that's life, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, we again, we had the, I think it's you called it or somebody else has called it, the amateur throwing, because I can remember... You know, we've said Chris Martin wins all the headers, but they're not in the danger area because somebody yeah, but he threw didn't. the ball. He yeah, well, no, I, but he flicked it on and it just went straight to one of the yeah, defenders. But, but the point is, if you, if you saw what we did against Wigan and it was driving me mad, we were throwing the ball, and we did it to a point last night, throwing the ball down the line. All the sides know what we're doing. They put a player in front of Martin, one behind, he gets sandwiched. Um, and it's just an ugly tactic. It's It's not... It's not a successful tactic. So I'd rather see us dummy a little bit, get the ball into the middle of the field, switch play, and I think that would make us a much more dangerous yeah. dangerous team. You yeah. know, watch, I don't know, take any, any of the top clubs, Liverpool, um, Man City, and see what they do. They might put the odd one down the line into space, but they mm. throw it down the line for a flick on. It's, it's just, it's old hat, isn't it? Yeah. No, it is. It is. Um you 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 squashed any uh, hint of conspiracy theory regarding no campering even in the 18 uh, last night because I said look you got two right wing backs in there nobody can give cover on the left uh, or even in the center or in midfield because Cam's got that durability but um, mm -hmm. why should we not sort of read anything into Cam being excluded well, I, I think what I saw in pre-season that when Cam was injured, um, Kane Wilson went over and played left wing back. So Pearson probably thinks that he can cover the two positions. He's definitely far better on the right. Um, that would be my thinking behind it. I can't think mm. otherwise why he's not in the squad because he had he had a really good game uh, against Coventry. Um, and I, I think he would get more goals and assists in a season than, than Jay would. Uh, but that's just that's just a personal thing. But, I mean, it may be that um, Campering was injured. I don't yeah. know. Or he might have had a... Or he might have been something. ill. He might have been ill. And yeah. in fairness, Jay, that was probably one of Jay De Silva's best performances for a very long time. Yeah, yeah I, I would say so, particularly going forward. because And linking well with Atkinson, which I think you said as well. Yeah, well, they're, they're good because, you know, they're both left-sided. As a club, even with Nathan Baker gone for the season, we're blessed with some really good left-sided players because following them up, you've got Duncan Eidelin, you've got Riley Tyler, and the, the young lad, uh, Rafa, his first name's Raphael. Raphael, I think it's a low. Uh, uh, yeah, I know the one you mean. Arroyo. Arroyo, that's right. Raphael Arroyo. Really, I mean, you look at him, he's he's a dead ringer for Lloyd Kelly. I was going to say, he's 17, looking 22, isn't he, yeah? Yeah, and when he came on and played in men's football, he, he certainly didn't look out of place. 
So you've got, but they're all left-sided. And we're absolutely crying out for a right-sider. He, they, he's brought, he's brought, he got Sol Bamba down. Well, I was going to say, that's going to satisfy that. Is that sort of, is that an even older version of A.D. Williams? Is he a good guy to have around the dressing room or around the training centre, I should say? Do you think, do you think Sol Bamba will don a Bristol City shirt in the next four weeks? Well, I think it depends on uh, what happens in terms of, of players going out. Um, it's very difficult when people say, how do you think the club will do this season? And you think, well, let's, um, let's ask me that um, September the 2nd, after the transfer deadline is gone. And we know that we know what the squad is that we've got up, up until Christmas. Unless, of course... Don't forget that at any, at any time you can sign a free agent. Yeah, um, which so, is what he is, which is what he is. Yeah, so he's been, I think he's been training or he is going to train uh, with the squad for a couple of weeks. Pearson will run, run an eye over in the same way as he did with Closer. And he might say, well, it's a short-term solution. It's all we can afford. And having a player like that means we can hang on to some of our better players, in which yeah. people will go, yeah, fantastic, great. Whereas you might say, well, look, what we could do is sell Antoine Semenyo, and that will enable us to go out and bring in three, Whoever. no, you know, a striker, a holding midfield player, and a right-sided centre-back. The, the other the issue, of course, with all this, is we don't know when uh, Callas and Semenyo... Uh, we'll be back. Yeah, somebody said, I'm sure I read somewhere, somebody said Callas was on the team coach last night, but whether that was just to be part of the match day group. Well, so uh, was so was, so was was Dylan Kaji, but, you know, so what? Well, they're just part of getting part of the experience, mate. Well, Callas doesn't need that, obviously. but uh, No, but if he's, I mean, I, I, the honest answer is I don't know. There's been radio silence at the club. They haven't had a, there's been quite a few under 23 games. Um and they haven't had a run out in any of those. Originally, when um, Semenyo was injured, they said uh, September, be back in September. We're two weeks away from the end of September and the end of the, the transfer window. Um, so I would think that I'm looking at them both to come back possibly early September now, but all, all, all honesty... Yeah. So much we don't know at the moment, and it's the mm. thing with um, the financial stuff, the PM, yeah. the rest of it. I mean, there's a there is at the end of September. In fact, I think it's the weekend of the 24th. There is a little international break, yeah, uh, which is when the internationals play their, I guess, their friendlies before the World Cup proper starts. And it'd be nice to think that both Callas and Semenyo could come back after that. Even Nigel Pearson said. Again, I'm sure I read this, so correct me if I'm wrong, anybody. Um, that Callas probably needs a game or some match action at under 23 level just to get him back into a game time scenario. Yeah, and I think and I, you'd have to agree with that, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, no, but sometimes we, we're in recent years, or certainly under Nigel's tenure, we have had players be out and they end up straight back in the uh. Straight back in the uh, first team. Um, before we talk about uh, Nigel uh, getting the attention of the media, uh, a, a word for uh, a word for um, 
Paulie Woodrow didn't impress much, and the only thing Luke Freeman did was push uh, our player over, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, Luton and Huddersfield, yeah. two playoff teams last season, they haven't got off to the best of starts, have they, really? Well, I think when you, uh, as pros have said to me, you're on a bit of a downer when you get to the playoffs and you don't, you either either don't get to the final or you don't go up. Yeah. All your expectation goes up. All the fans get excited. Yeah. And you come crashing back down to earth. Mm. Um, and I think sometimes it, um, Huddersfield lost their manager. Yeah. I don't know the reasons behind Corbyn going because things seem to be going really well. Um, well, they lost I, their manager and they've lost a few players as well, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, they lost the two lads to Forest, um, Toffolo and O'Brien, who, who played very well on uh, Sunday against West Ham. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's always difficult when that happens because, you know, what, what can you do if, if a Premier League club, club comes in? You're not going to stand in the player's way be, providing that the fee's reasonable. And, and then other, other times you've got to think, well, it's a bit like us at the moment. And only Richard Gould and Steve Lansdowne would know this. Can we afford to turn the fee offered down? I mean, Richard said there wouldn't be a fire sale. Yeah. Uh, so we're not, we know we're not going to give them away. But then that, there's a lot of wriggle room between not giving them away and taking an, and what is an acceptable offer. Yeah. So I mean, can I just pick just up on that see point? That. Yeah, on talk about acceptable offers. Uh, you take Hanno Masengo's performance last night. He gave a performance last night that didn't look like a player that wasn't interested. He took a few. He got flattened a few times as well. He was buzzing around like a busy bee uh, yeah. to use a, a Lee Johnson or a Gary Johnson phrase. I think that was. Um, and you say somebody come in a derisory offer. Let's say. Let's say somebody watches him and against Cardiff as well at the weekend. He has a good game, assuming he plays. And somebody comes in and offers 750 grand for him and it's another mm -hmm. championship side. Are we going to take that? I don't think we would. And the reason is, particularly if it's late in the window, um, who do you replace him with? Yeah. Don't, don't forget that we've already got Matty James injured. Joe Williams, we're, quotes being careful with. Yeah. Um, so it's not going to take... Andy King's 34. Yeah. So you need... To, I'm okay with any, any... Literally, I'm okay with anybody going out the door for the right fee, providing they're replaced. Yeah. And with, the closer you get to the end of the window, the less chance there is of that happening. All right, let's look yeah. at Nigel's, Nigel's comments before we do a brief uh, thoughts looking ahead to... Uh, uh, Sunday. Um, Nigel Pearson, I'm just picking up a couple of comments. He said, the integrity of the sport is being compromised, brackets by the referees. And then somebody, the Sky interviewer said, is there a lack of consistency? <laughs> Typical Nigel, he said, no, they're consistently poor. And I think it was tongue in cheek when he said he thought about packing the game in because of the standard of referees. So, your comments on all three aspects of that, integrity of the sport being compromised, he's going to get into trouble with those comments. And you didn't really mean it that it's so bad that he's going to pack in. Over to you. Um, well, what we've been told, but the, and this is what we've been told by referees in the last two games. It's okay to kick someone. 
providing it's petulant and not aggressive. Now, how you non-aggressively kick someone is beyond me. I don't understand. And I think I've got a fairly decent command of the English language. Yeah. We've also been told it's okay to run into someone with play stop from behind, hit them to the floor so they hurt their head. And both of those things are a yellow card. Now, what one of the things that's happened, and it's been a good thing on balance, is that referees have been told that not every physical contact is a free kick. And every time someone falls over, you, you, you don't have to give a free kick. So let the game flow, which is okay if you've got a referee that understands how that works. And if you see guys do it in the Premier League, I have to say the referees are pretty good. Yeah. Right? Um, but the ones we've had will let blatant fouls go. And you can't let that because... So do, Sorry sorry to interrupt then. That makes a genuine case then for VAR coming into championship, oh. which is the sixth largest league in the world, as somebody put the other day. Yeah. Because of these situations where VAR, I'm sure... Freeman would have got sent off or... Well, you look at all the incidents this season that mm -hmm. have gone against City, yeah. almost without exception, VAR would have given City back the advantage as appropriate, wouldn't it? Yes. And, and I can see... I, I, I understand some of the arguments about spontaneity and it takes... You know, you're there waiting to see if a goal's going to be disallowed for this, that or the other. But we were clearly wronged and Nigel Pearson's had a letter from the Referees Association saying, we're very sorry, it wasn't a penalty at Hull, and by the way, you should have had two penalties in the same game. So that's yeah. just one game. I know, and people, as Nigel said in his interview, livelihoods are depending on that, aren't they? Oh, absolutely, and it's the same thing with VAR. You know, you look, if you go to Wembley, the other thing I don't agree with is... I was going to say, if you go to Wembley in a playoff final and you don't get promoted because of a bad refereeing decision... It's cost you 200 million quid. Yeah, and the rest, because that's just season one. What if you do what Bournemouth did and stay up for five seasons? That's a yeah. billion quid. Yeah. So, look, if it has, to, it has to come in. I like what they're going to do for the World Cup where they've got a sensor in the ball and it's going to speed everything up and, and all the right. I, I get, you know, the decision-making process, I mean, yeah. and I get all that. But I cannot, for the life of me, understand why we haven't already got it in the championship. Yeah. And, and the other, but one thing I do disagree with, for example, in the FA Cup, is that sometimes they use it and sometimes they don't. Yeah. And, and, and I, I think it should be a level playing field in all of the games, it, it might be that you say, well, OK, we won't use it until we get to the quarterfinals or something like that. Because I appreciate with non-league clubs and things. Like I, that, I was going to raise that you, very you, point. Just, certain certain leagues, I think from the quarterfinals onwards, it can be applied because, you know, uh, barring certain uh, uneventualities, um <laughs> All those games are going to be played at decent grounds. All right, no, look, that's that's an interesting point. And Nigel, as as, as somebody said I, to me today, when he's your manager and he's winning, you love it that he comes up with those wry comments to the media 
it's a little bit like I said it's a little bit like Neil Warnock, you know, like when they're yeah. on you know, your your narky manager bloke when he's winning and he, you know, he has had a winning mentality at times in his career. He knows he knows what he's doing. Uh, but he's hundred percent right, absolutely everything that he said. Okay, look, yeah. just to wrap up today, so we keep it relatively uh, relatively short. Um seven side derby, midday kickoff on Sunday. Um do you think do you think he'll start with the same it won't be Sykes and I think you've already said Wilson will come in so Wilson in for Sykes would you start with that same vibrant outfield in front of uh, Dan uh, in front of the back three yeah. and uh, As, Dan Bentley assuming Callas and Semenyo don't rise like Lazarus and, and and both train brilliantly and they're ready to come in, in which case I'd only put them on the bench anyway. Um, Wouldn't that be a thing, though, if Callas and Semenyo were on the bench and you could bring them on for the last 20 minutes of the game? Yeah, when you're be... winning, if we're winning 2-0, you bring yeah. those two on for the last 20 minutes, what a great boost that would be as well, wouldn't well, it? it? It would. Um, but assuming that that's not going to happen, assuming we've got Sykes is suspended... Um, I, I'd go with the same team, but I'd bring Wilson in for um, Sykes. And yeah. I'd definitely have Cam bring. It creates a vacancy, so Cam bring can come on to the bench. Cam should be the one. Cam should be the one. You've got that sense. one who can uh, who, who can go bombing up the line at the end of the game. Um, if he's playing on the left, he'll also be up against Callum O'Dowder, and you want somebody with pace to keep up with, with uh, Callum. Yeah. Um, so there's all kinds of um, all kinds of stuff that gives you. But if you, um, I, I, yeah, I, I, providing everybody comes up well after training, they're not stiff or complaining about knocks or anything else like that. That's you why stick with it. And look, and, 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 and I'd agree with what you'd say there, Ian, as well regarding Chris Martin, because this isn't not intended to be a Chris Martin bashing session, but if you've got 11 men on the field and we're, even if we're just winning by one goal, bringing Chris Martin on for one of the two strikers is something to aim at. I wouldn't be against doing that. But for me, he doesn't start because we looked a completely different side last night to what we've, to what we've looked. Well, you, I mean, you play, was... you play the game that you, you pick your team and once you've got your team and that's your best team, you, you stick you... with it. You put the tactics to suit that, and and if you looked at our side last night, I don't know if you've done a sweep of the average item side, um, but it'll probably come out with Luton's average height was six foot six foot two, and ours was something like five foot ten. I'd agree. No, I think you're right. But across it's, the it's, back, but across the back, we had some big blokes there anyway. So it was we had well, all the well we did. I mean, you know, sometimes you look at I watched Zach Viner up against. Um, the, the Sunderland lad, the Sims. Yeah. And you thought, blimey, Jack, that, that looked very big. But it's not that Zach's small, Zach's six foot two. Yeah. But it, it, up against that guy who was, what, six five? Six four, six, yeah, six four five. They yeah. just looked that much taller, same as Adebayo last night, because he's a big bloke as well. You know, you, you're not going to shove him anywhere. No. You need to be better than, than he is, and you need to be a bit clever tactically. Do you, I mean, and I'm going to ask you one last question after the next one. <laughs> um, your, if we get a win on Saturday, it then becomes seven points from five games. Extrapolate that over a season. 
is 64. That's mid-table. It's at least 12th, yeah? A win on Saturday, and it's a decent start to the season, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. And, and um, it, it, once you've done that, and you've also set that precedent of winning at home. So if you've won two out of your three home games... Yeah. You have that kind of confidence, and also yeah. winning winning two games on the trot. Bearing in mind we didn't lose at Wigan, we drew, and you, you so you're undefeated in four. four. If you if you include the League Cup, um, no, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It, and winning never, you know, winning anything uh, never hurts. It's okay saying, well, it's only the Carabao, but it, you know, we beat another Championship club. Yeah, they're a Coventry eleven versus a Bristol City eleven, if you like. But we beat him four one. Yeah. And that, that never that doesn't do you any harm. No. So we'll, we'll, and we'll just have to see. I mean, we'll have to see where because Coventry, it's a little bit like an end of season catch up for them, isn't it? Because they their games keep getting postponed. Yeah. And, and I saw that the pictures of the ground the other day, it looked like a, a plagued field. I mean, you couldn't play on that. No, well, they should, they that's very bad. And we wouldn't want that situation to happen uh, if, say, at some stage in the future, Bristol City became, as the club, became part of some organisation where we happened to rent the ground because the club bit was under new ownership. The final question I was going to ask you, actually, was looking forward to next week's game uh, against Wickham uh, in the uh, Caribou Cup. Um, if they're fit, or even if not played for the full game, that could be um, an opportunity for Callas and Semenyo to come in. Semenyo? Semenyo? Callas and Semenyo, yo to come in in that game, even if it's a part yeah. of the game, would you, what, would you? Yeah, what, whatever happens, I think you need to ring the changes and get people in who, who haven't had a game the, the, the Saturday or the Sunday before. Yeah, yeah. all right. Excellent. Because that's about utilising the squad and it's no good, you know, going with everything being the same for 15 or 16 games and on, then you need to bring someone in yeah. and then, well, there's no way the guy's going to be up to speed. No. So I think you can utilise the Carabao to do to do that, even when you move on in it. Okay, if we get a plum tie like Liverpool at home or something like that, then you you know you might put your best team out for that one. But for example, against Coventry, I was really surprised that Max O'Leary didn't get a start. Really surprised. Yeah. Well, and that and it'll be interesting to see what happens if Paget's anywhere near. Being match fit because everybody was expecting Max O'Leary to uh, to go well, on loan, on loan. Uh, and he's out of contract next summer anyway. But it looks like he's uh, going to be yeah. But he's out, Dave. He's out of contract with a one year option. All right, so that means a bit like Semenyo because they made right. a mistake in the paper about Semenyo. One of the news feeds, uh, oh, they can have him for nothing in the summer. No, they can't. But there we go, Ian. It's been uh, a pleasure as always, and happy birthday. To you, Thanks, um, we'll be doing our post Cardiff City match review at six o'clock on Sunday evening. We'll do it live on Podbean. Uh, if you want to listen, we may even try streaming it on YouTube uh, and Twitter. Yeah, I've been looking at ways of uh, doing that. At least you can hear both of us today because we haven't had Mark's uh, habitual sound problems. Although Ian's given him a tutorial, I believe, on what's putting it uh, what's put it wrong. But uh, we'll enjoy smooth because uh, the midweek game at Ashton Gate it finished uh, City two miserable late called him Leighton Jones game miserable Nathan Jones's Luton Town nil. 
Thanks a lot for listening, and we look forward to uh, giving you our views at the end of the week after the title. All the best. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. Bye now. Bye-bye. Bye.